It's time. It's time. Time to get in the zone. Time to get in the zone. With the 49ers web zone. This is the No Huddle Podcast with Al, Zane, and Brian. You know, Zane, you brought something up about uh, when they moved on from Ricky Waters. There's an article on, on 49ersWebZone.com. Um, that's written by, by Mark Adams that um, we were talking about earlier too. And we thought this would be a cool thing to go over. This is the 10, the 10 biggest mistakes, the 10 worst decisions in 49ers history. So I haven't read the article. Um, I glanced at it, but I figure we can just go through these 10 things off the cuff and just re- react to them. Cause I thought I looked at what the 10 things were and they're, they're pretty cool. So haven't read what he said about it specifically, but I think that we can definitely have a lot to say about it. So the first five are five decisions that he says likely cost the team a championship. So number one, he is trading Charles Haley to Dallas, which may indeed be the worst. What the hell are you doing trade in the history of the franchise? God forbid if Twitter was around that. <laughs> yep. But yeah, you're trading your best pass rusher to your division rival. I'm sorry, your conference rival. And um, it did not work out well for the Niners. It worked out great for the Cowboys. It did not work out well for the Niners. I always felt like getting Ken Norton was like, again, not not anywhere near the level, but at least it was like, ha like this is this is for this is for Charles Haley. <laughs> but it's just like, man, yeah, I don't. Uh, again, the, I I just don't understand trading a player of that caliber to a rival. It just never it never makes sense. It never made sense then. And uh, again, anytime that you trade away a Hall of Famer. Um, that's going to be, that's going to be a tough pill to swallow. And I think that Charles Haley had the well-documented problems with the team and locker room and bipolar disorder and, and things like that, that prevented him from really making a bigger impact with the team than he really did. And unfortunately it was one of those things where remember Al, we had Dexter Carter on several yeah. years oh, ago yeah. and he told, yeah. he told the Charles Haley, Haley story where Charles Haley messed with Jerry Rice. And that was the last, that was the last straw where, messing with Jerry Rice you don't you don't mess with him he didn't say what he did but he messed with them and and that was basically it and and that's after that they they traded him but if you got a guy like that send him to New England send him to Cleveland yeah. you don't put him in your in your same conference so the the Ken Norton thing yeah I, I agree with that like they they nipped him back a little bit and Steve Steve Young in that in America's game talked about that as well right where they they got Ken Norton and nipped him back um funny story a, a Ken Norton story I ran into him in an elevator uh probably 2012 I think and he was a linebackers coach with the Seahawks. And I was like, oh, my God, it's Ken Norton. And and uh, asked to see his Super Bowl ring. He still had his Super Bowl ring. He put it on his pinky. His, his Niners Super Bowl <laughs> ring he was still wearing. It's pretty funny. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. All right. The number two thing that he says here, and this is what we alluded to earlier, not re-signing Deion Sanders and Ricky Waters after the 1994 season. Now, Sanders speaks for himself, although I don't even I was too young. I don't really remember what the specifics were of why Dion left. Um, do you guys I don't even I don't know if it was a contract I thing. I don't even what was it? Well, he was only was they only other. signed him to a one year deal. To one year, yeah. In 94. But, it was just a one year deal. Yeah. So I I was even younger, I think, Al, but I, I vividly remember this because um uh I, I wanted Dion to stay because he he lived like near one of my friends' houses. So we used to like try to stalk his house when I was like 10 years old. But <laughs> I was like, maybe, maybe he'll stay and he'll be able to go to his house. But um, but he stayed, he he left because Dallas offered him more money uh with the longer term deal because this was the, the first year in the salary cap that the Niners had in 1994. 
and they were already over the cap. They were they were violating that, right? So Eddie, Eddie D had to pay a violation for that for bringing Dion in, and they had no money left to give him, uh, and and they weren't able to offer him anything to to be able to stay. Why they didn't at least try to pitch an offer, I don't know. Maybe you know, you know why? Because Parag was too young. That's why there was no Parag in the picture. They couldn't <laughs> get it done. Parag would have got it done, right? <laughs> and then Ricky Waters too. You mentioned they they never replaced him, and he yeah. he was a, he was a monster for them. And he led the team in rushing at eight hundred and seventy seven yards in ninety four. He caught sixty six passes for seven hundred and nineteen yards, and he was a monster in the playoffs. Waters had some huge playoff games for them. He had five touchdowns in one game in nineteen ninety three. He scored 10 total touchdowns for them in, in three playoff seasons and obviously the three in the Super Bowl. And they never did. They never replaced him. And, and you had guys, you know, it was Garner and Lavelle and you know, people they brought in and they just they, they could not replace Ricky Waters in that. He ended up going on to have what I think is a Hall of Fame career. He had some monster seasons in Philadelphia and in Seattle after he left San Francisco. Waters, Waters is another one that, if you know, if you look at his numbers, you're like, oh, how is he not in the Hall of Fame? He had an absolutely fantastic career. 10,643 yards. He caught 467 passes, uh, almost 15,000 yards from scrimmage, uh, 91 total touchdowns. He, he, he was a beast of a player. Yeah, and, and you know, we were we started the show talking about, you know, Roger Craig, and, and Ricky Rodgers is very much in the vein of Roger Craig, Roger Craig, you know, coming out of Notre Dame. He was a, a receiving back, which, again, was not necessarily um, – something that that teams were a looking for or 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 b um you know utilizing to the level that uh mike shanahan was able to and and again you look at you look at his son now right when did his offense take off to heights that we haven't seen yet when he got christian mccaffrey Mm -hmm. right and so you know ricky waters very much to mike shanahan is what christian mccaffrey Kyle shanahan now and you know, you look at that, that historic offense in 94 and, and waters was a large, large part of it. And you look at that ass kicking in the super bowl that they gave to the chargers. And again, Ricky waters was a large part of that. And so for them to not even attempt to resign him again, like you said, Zane, I, I think it probably had more to do with, with salary cap issues than anything else. Um, you know, the, the era of whoever has the deepest pockets is going to have the best team went away, you know, when that salary cap was instituted and, you know, Eddie DeBartolo had no problem spending as much money as possible to bring home a Lombardi. And then when, when that, you know, when that ability went away, you know, well, we know what happened and it's, we've been waiting, what, almost 30 years now. Um, It's 2023 and that was the 94 season. So uh woof <laughs> yeah I, i'll really quickly say yeah i'm ditto on the ricky waters thing like i think that that was the bigger loss just because remember Pete carroll came in and made that number one defense the next year right tyrone drakeford came into the starting lineup had five picks uh eric davis had was an all pro that year in 95 and they got marquez pope who turned out to be a really good find as well so i think that they were able to like not maybe replace the the, the presence of dion but get similar production out of a number of guys and they were able to be the number one defense despite that. So they were really missing a running game. Derek Laville was terrible. He's also a terrible person. He's locked up in jail right now. So uh, they, they really needed to bring you watch back that year. Zane, your 90s knowledge is like I was just point. about to say that, Al. Holy I was like, shit. the off-the-dome 94-95 49ers knowledge is He's like freaking top-notch, man. Holy book, dude. I'm like, Holy I don't know what cow. happened with Dion. I don't remember. I was in high school. I have no idea. Zane's like, well, let me tell you what happened in December of 1993. And, dude, it's very impressive. impressive. I mean, just, 
Unbelievable. I used to unbelievable. I used to study this all the time. All the time. I, used to, I, I knew that 49ers roster front and back, like when I was a kid. I used to watch, so I used to read like the sporting report before school every day. I didn't used to read comics or anything like that. I used to watch like old Niners games. I just put them on tape and watch them as a kid. That was my fun. Awesome. I love it. I'll never say you can't read again. Now I just know you're not paying attention to us. So <laughs> there you go. I'm, I'm, I'm impressed. I'm impressed. All right. Number three, drafting Solomon Thomas instead of Patrick Mahomes. Uh, you know, like we talked about the Niners kind of showed us who we were, that they wanted to build around the defensive line, but they've ended up, well, I guess they haven't ended up in the best spot because they're still looking for a quarterback, but they ended up with a really good team, but yeah, they haven't exactly handled the QB decisions very well. And it, it did start with the first one where they had Mahomes and Watson there too, and they needed a QB. And we didn't know Watson you know, was a dirtbag yet. So coming out of the draft, he looked like he, he was going to be a stud and, and they passed on him and you know, the rest is history. But I, yeah, I mean, I, I guess when it, you're looking at Pat Mahomes, I guess you could say it was a, it was a bad decision. One of the worst decisions of all time. I, I, I don't know. I don't know you're able to say it's a bad decision with the benefit of hindsight, right? Like at the time it made all the sense in the world because again, this team was bereft of talent. Just there was nothing here. And so, you know, if you bring a rookie quarterback in to a team that just is not ready to compete, it it doesn't tend to go well. And, and I, you know, if you, I have faith that Kyle Shanahan probably could have made it work, but, um, you know, the other thing that that I think people forget is that Patrick Mahomes wasn't even the first quarterback drafted in that draft, right? Mm-hmm. That went to one Mitchell Trubisky. Don't call me Mitch, right? And so, you know, as much as the Solomon Thomas pick hurts, let's not forget that the Bears traded up one spot so that they could get Mitchell Trubisky. And then the 49ers ended up with Solomon Thomas. But, you know, it... it that was a tough draft. Um, I will never forgive Chip Kelly for that draft because he's the reason why uh, they weren't the number one pick because they won that meaningless, stupid-ass last game of the season. If they'd have lost that game, they'd have had the first pick, and Miles Garrett would have been a 49er. So I don't blame the 49ers for Solomon Thomas. I blame Chip Kelly. I would argue to say that 2005 was worse. And passing on Aaron Rodgers was worse because yeah, you knew Aaron Rodgers. In here. It's not, it's not in there. And you knew Aaron Rodgers was going to be good. And you knew he was a player and he was in our backyard here in the Bay area. And there is no excuse for Mike Nolan not to scout the shit out of that and be like, you know what? That's the guy that I want. And they went with Alex Smith who had, who had a fantastic career in college as well. Right. He had a good career too, but he was far less polished than Aaron Rodgers was. And you don't have the benefit of, of now, like we know that you don't throw a quarterback into a team with a terrible roster. Things were different back in 2005, right? There were teams were regularly doing this where they would draft a guy, put him onto a terrible roster, and sometimes it would work out, sometimes it wouldn't. But I would argue that them passing on Aaron Rodgers was worse than them passing on Patrick Mahomes because that altered the franchise's course for many, many years to come. Aaron Rodgers would probably still be playing here today with a couple more Super Bowl rings if they had drafted him. I mean, who knows, though, because they, they went through seven coordinators in seven years, right? So after after mm-hmm. Alex Smith got drafted. So who really knows? But that, to me, is more egregious than Patrick Mahomes not, not being drafted here. That's such a great point. That's such a great point. Mike Nolan used to drive me crazy. Crazy. Never was never was a fan of his. And, and, uh, the, and the, the justification that they gave 
or at least that came out about, you know, essentially that Aaron Rodgers personality just didn't mesh with Mike Nolan. And so they went with mm-hmm. Alex Smith and it's like, well, yeah, Alex Smith was a 21 year old kid, right? Like yep. he was young, you know, he was very young. He was Trey Lance young when they got drafted. And so, you know, it, it, it's like, really like, just because, you know, you didn't like the way that, that Rogers carried himself. And it's because Rogers carries himself with some cockiness. He's cocky. And, hey, He's cocky. if, yeah. if I was yeah. that good, I'd be cocky as shit as well. Right. I want so, my quarterback to be I, cocky. Yeah. I don't want to be yeah, an asshole. I want to be cocky. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. For yeah. sure. And then number four goes back to the hindsight thing. And it's not signing Brady after the 2019 season. And again, I remember I thought Brady was cooked. I was wrong. Was really wrong. We all were who thought that I, I thought, look, Jimmy's just scratching the surface. He's going to get better. He was coming off an ACL. I thought he had a good season overall coming off the injury. I thought it was the right move and oh, I, I was wrong. You know, it's funny. It feels like Jimmy Garoppolo will forever be QB two to Tom Brady. Cause he was QB two to Tom Brady in new England. And then he, you could argue he became QB two to Tom Brady in San Francisco. And now he's QB two to Tom Brady in Las Vegas. Cause there's no way Vegas, their first, you know, their, their, their first priority in, in, uh, in free agency this year was to get Jimmy Garoppolo. I, I promise you that mm-hmm. Tom Brady was the apple of their eye before he retired. So it's just like Jimmy Garoppolo just lives in Tom Brady's shadow. <laughs> Yeah. And it was, it was such a tough time because it's like, he, he had a, a terrible fourth quarter of that Super Bowl again to this, to this point now, I mean, who knows what's going to happen in the future, but it was the lowest quarterback rating in the history of the Super Bowl in the fourth quarter. And he, he was again, not showing that he could stay healthy. He came off that ACL and really we kind of started to see what he could do over the course of the full season. He was not like a guy that can carry, carry the team. And there were a lot of questions and it's just a shame it's a damn shame to me that neither Aaron Rodgers nor Tom Brady spent a day in a 49ers uniform as an NFL player after spending many days in a 49ers uniform as children wanting to play here and be here. It is a damn shame and a travesty that neither of those two quarterbacks played here. Josh Allen too. moral of the story. If the quarterback grows up a Niners fan, you draft him End the story. Yes. 